Well, I'm thankful for my loving family, for my Vikings' current winning record, and for a long weekend to enjoy our favorite sport here at The Push-Off. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Push-Off Podcast, your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week while it gets you ready for the next. I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us as always, it's... Dan, the lion is always hungry for turducken, right? That's right, Dan. We are coming to them, the people here on Thanksgiving, going to discuss what happened week 11 and get ready for week 12, where all teams are off by... Everybody's playing in the the big holiday that is uh, NFL on Thanksgiving. And uh, I was telling I was telling the wife this is the second biggest NFL holiday because the biggest NFL holiday is the Super. Bowl. I think he said and it, it on this show too. Yeah, it's a holiday. This one, oh boy, the fact that they added a Black Friday game <laughs> yeah. can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. So they're, they're all over us this weekend, so let's get it ready for you guys. Um, the only thing I wanted to really hit before the games from last week and getting into the, what's going on on Thanksgiving is uh, Hard Knocks with Miami Dolphins has begun. Fun, fun, fun. The midseason uh, one just released late uh, on uh, Tuesday night, I believe. Um, Dan, did you get a chance to see it yet? I've seen some clips. I haven't watched the whole thing through. Um McDaniel's coming through as a lunatic, yeah, and I love it. Me too. I'm a, I, there's a Mike McDaniel love I have now for this guy, and, and the more I see of him, the more I like him. So he's a nerd, but I like him. And Tua's personality is pretty interesting. Um, I, I got a chance to see it, so when you do watch it, uh, the Max Crosby preparing for him for that game was I've great. seen those bits. Okay. Yeah, those are good. Yeah, them wearing the thing and him just telling him, to, yeah, keep hitting me, keep hitting me. <laughs> after the play and junk. And then uh, Tyreek's mom with Tyreek's wife in the stands of the game. That was interesting. That was a fun stuff. Um, <laughs> Tyreek's wife gets nachos dumped on her accidentally. I mean, we've all been there. That's that's what happens at football games. But it's <laughs> Listen, it's not the worst thing that's happened to Tyreek's wife. Ouch. All right. It's... So Listen, she knew what she signed up for. I mean, it's not like the guy didn't have history. They, Come on. Yeah, now. they like just got married uh, during, over the bye week, so they talk about that a little bit. Anyways, um, we're going to talk about the Dolphins uh, win over the Raiders and all the other ones. But, Dan, I think we need to hit all of the games uh, as we have, you know, 16 to pick for, for Week 12. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to start with where last season ended. We got I think the, the most important place to start from last week's games was the Monday Nighter. Philadelphia Eagles beating Kansas City, the Redemption, 21 to 17 we didn't pick it but do you know who did dan my mom mom. that's right my mom did yeah there's a little throwback to my mom's killing us in picks in the past um she's about hanging around where we are actually this year but uh yeah so this game hurts rushed two touchdowns in The, the running game was going well with him and swift mahomes had two touchdowns she's defense had five sacks but mahomes had 
trouble finding guys who would hold on to the ball. Uh, Chiefs took the lead 17-7 to at the half and then proceeded to score no points in the second half. Yet again, this is the third consecutive game in a row. The Chiefs have come away with no points in the second half. And the, uh, the, the Eagles take the lead with a little over six. Uh, Kansas City got the ball back with a timeout in, in over two minutes. And that, uh, yeah, that Valdez-Scantling drop, we all know that. There was technically another drop through Watson's hands to play after it, too. Not as bad, mm-hmm. but it was there. And There was a red zone turnover by Kelsey on the drive previous, so, you know, it's not all on Valdez-Scantling. True. Uh, Gant- that was a fucking brutal drop. Brutal. But, yeah, the but, Eagles uh, win. Yeah, it's, it's one of those terrible, I, I love the meme of, like, he can't keep getting away with it. That's how it feels with the Eagles this year. Like, <laughs> it never feels like, oh, man, really just the class of the NFC. It feels like we're never, like, they're within striking distance. Like, I really feel like the Eagles are fucking gettable. But I know Todd's listening, uh, probably while covering a turkey with uh, blind rage. <laughs> and, you know, it's one of those things you can just go, hey, look at the scoreboard. It's one loss all year. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. You know, they keep winning these games that they're supposed to. Like, they won a game against Kansas City. On this the is road, what you wanted to have time. Yeah. Yeah. You did it in Arrowhead. You did it in primetime. Yeah. They came out to a strong lead, but they can't get anything going in the second half because their receiving core is terrible. And if Travis Kelsey doesn't have a plus or exceptional day, you start to notice that their receiving core is not very good, that Valdez Scantling should not be a primary target on maybe any NFL team. Probably couldn't play for the Toronto Argonauts right now. Um, this is a guy that's just fucking bad. And the Chiefs' offense is full of guys that are not quality starters in the NFL. Right. It's obvious. They happen to have the best player in the NFL, and that makes up for it. They have a good offensive line. Pacheco's pretty decent, but the rest of their wide receiver core, one, two, three, can you name them? That's the problem. And it's obvious that that's where they need some assistance and unfortunate that it's not going to come this season and it's got to come in the off season next year and stuff like that. We'll see what they, what they do, who they look for. But uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think the chiefs are, I think both these teams are gettable. Like you said, the Eagles are gettable. The chiefs are gettable. They both look more gettable than last year when they went to the Super Bowl and played each other. So we'll see how this pans out at the end. They're both kind of shooting for that spot where they ended up last year. Uh, if not the number one seed, then a top seed, at least winning their division. It seems like it right now. Um, I know there's another matchup your Cowboys have against the Eagles, but no one's really going to catch the Chiefs in the West anymore. Um, oh, you got to watch out for those crafty Denver Broncos. Uh, I mean, they, I guess they Denver beat them one, once already, so we'll see. It would, be, it would take a little collapse. But, um, yeah, uh, there's a seven or so weeks left. We'll see what happens, but um, both these teams, yeah, look like there's some holes in them, but the Eagles winning on the road and continually winning, that's that's impressive, and they don't nearly have the injury concerns that a lot of other teams in the league have right now, so they might be in a good spot to keep yeah, this going. Yeah, they are very healthy. Kansas City has actually invested in two wide receivers over the past two years. Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice and Sky Moore. Okay, yeah, that's just Sky Moore. Rasheem Rice is doing better. Like he's he's doing okay. He's having a fine little rookie season. But you know how it is in the NFL. Generally, for a wide receiver to be effective, it takes two or three years. Well, they, so yeah. 
Sky Moore should be further along in his development than he is. That's the problem. But Rasheed Rice has already outperformed where Sky Moore was last year, so maybe that's a, a sign of things to come. They just they definitely need a better outside threat than they've got right now without this game. Uh, they had Justin Ross. They were excited about him. Then they lost him to the off-the-field issues, if mm-hmm. I remember. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Kansas City. We'll see. We'll just see because now what we're at is a uh, who can hold on to this kind of part of the season. So it's going to be interesting from here. All right, I, I alluded to it. Let's talk about Dolphins beating the Raiders, but uh, it was a tight one, twenty to thirteen, in a game where O'Connell threw three interceptions. Uh, hmm, that is a that's a thing of this week. Uh, turnovers, a lot of turnovers. Mm-hmm. Big defensive uh, week from from week eleven. Um, Tua himself had an interception, but he did throw for 325 and two touchdowns. And he had Tyreek Hill going 10 catches, 146. Uh, Hill had a hand injury that they go over in the in the uh, um, hard knocks. So that was kind of interesting, but he gets back in there. and then Can't play video games now <laughs> yeah. for the rest of the week. Shoot basketball hoops before the, uh, the, the meeting starts. That was interesting. Uh, Miami gets their running back, A-Chain, back, and then immediately – Back out um, with the knee injury doesn't look good. Um, but the Dolphins, whose offense kind of sputtered in this one, the defense had a great game. And um, the, the Raiders' hot streak uh, comes to an end, at least for now. The Dolphins win it. And we yeah, picked I mean, it. We did. We picked yep. it. This is what we thought. I mean, the, the Raiders are resurgent. Uh, they seem like they have a reason to live mm-hmm. now that uh, McDaniels has been fired. So uh, McDan- it was going to be McDaniels versus McDaniel, which would have been fun. Um, <laughs> confusing. Just one S. Yeah, very confusing. McDaniel challenges McDaniels play. Um, I, I think watching these Dolphins, this is one of those teams that's going to be very, very susceptible to the injury bug. I feel like they already have. I mean, Watching them get excited about a chain coming back and then that knee injury. I mean, he's on my fantasy team, so I'm excited about it coming back. I don't know if there's a lot of depth behind Hill and Waddle and Tua mm. on the offense. Like, where is that attack coming from, if not from those three guys? Um, the fact that their defense is stepping up. Their defense has quality players. I think it's well-coordinated, um, but going up against basically a rookie quarterback on a kind of a, you know, floundering team. Like, really, you just have to double cover Devontae if you're playing the, the Raiders offensively now. Still a still a chore. Um, the Dolphins look way less impressive than they have over the past. Like, at the beginning of the season, they came out like gangbusters. They feel like they've regressed to the mean. You know, a team like the Raiders shouldn't take you to a one-possession game. Like, you need to separate. Like, you need to beat teams like the Raiders – but that might be enough in the AFC East the way it's set up right now. Yeah. Um, the Dolphins seem like a team that usually does that year to year, uh, come back down to earth as the season goes along and as it doesn't uh, get as hot there on the uh, opposing <laughs> sidelines of uh, hard knocks where the Raiders are wearing black uniforms. Um, the uh, defense getting better gotta say jalen ramsey coming back this is i think his mm. first game back two, two picks. picks the game sealer coming out of nowhere that Good diving ones. one yeah lands on it loses his breath and then has the uh um cuba gooding jr i can't think of the the character <laughs> name in it but it was like that moment 
from yeah. just no, just let me have this and then gets uh, up. <laughs> Rod Tidwell. Tidwell. Yeah, that's it. I think you're right. Yeah, Rod Tidwell. Huh, uh, just yeah. If you're a Dolphins fan, that that had to have been fun. So they're showing they can win on other things. But you're right. It was a one score game. I think it was the joke is because the Raiders were like five and five, and they don't know if they're a good team or a bad team. So they didn't know how to how to attack. Do we win? Do we lose? And some Miami Dolphins is here. So they still got to shake that. They still got to beat the good teams even if they win this division. Um, I think they got the talent to on the team, but mm-hmm. maybe it's a young team still. I don't know. Um, I don't think it's a moral victory. You know, it's it, you basically could say, hey, we can hang with the Dolphins. I don't think they hung at all in the second half. You know what I mean? Raiders, so, sure. But it, it, it tells you, hey, we've got a decent plan going in. You know, we talked about this um, every time we talk about uh, the Chiefs after a bye week, which, by the way, Andy Reid lost a post-bye week game, which is fucking amazing. But they had a great plan. Yeah. They had a great plan in the first half, and then the second half you realize that there's no talent on the wide receiver core and it's raining. (laughs) So that was trouble. Yeah, that's Um, true. It it looked like the Raiders had a really good plan for the Dolphins in the first half, and in the second half you start to see, you know, guys like Jalen Ramsey making big plays, like being the differentiator with just talent, pure talent. Um, The Raiders do have the talent. They just need to be more consistent throughout this whole thing. So I would not be surprised to see the Raiders wind up being a nine-win team. That wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me to see Antonio Pierce get the head coaching job at the end of the year. I, I think if, you know, fucking numbnuts with a bowl cut can learn anything, it is not to take a guy that a head, you know, the team really seems to like, a la Rick Basaccia, yeah. and say, no, I'm going to bring in a different name because, uh, you know, this attitude, this positivity, don't like it. Want to restart. I know. So I think Antonio Pierce has the inside track. Yeah, and he's got to listen to it this year. I agree with you. After what he did last year, Mark Davis, he's got to listen to it this year. The Raiders, True. speaking of them, get a AFC West matchup this week as the Chiefs are coming to town. Uh, we'll get to those Thanksgiving games. This one is on Sunday. Uh, I think it's a late start. Yeah, 325 Sunday. Chiefs at Raiders in Vegas. Um, we did not pick any games different last week. We only missed like four mm-hmm. though. So it was, it was, we did okay. Give it. Yeah. It was kind of on purpose there. So Dan, who are you picking in Chiefs or Raiders? I have to take the Raiders. I'm uh, sorry. Sorry. I have to no, take the no, Chiefs. You said, <laughs> yeah, that's true. So I have to take the Chiefs. I just don't think they're going to come out of a bye week and lose two straight. I mean, at that point you have to call that kind of a tailspin. Mm-hmm. Um, to come out and and lose it like that. Once again, the Raiders would be at that point five and seven, not great. But the rest of their season shakes out to be a little bit easier. They don't have to face the Chiefs every week, um, so I'm I'm picking the Chiefs to uh, you know extend their lead in the AFC West. Yeah, this is interesting. Is it not a get right game for the Chiefs? Um, as people might think, uh, the Raiders. Well, the AFC West plays the Chiefs hard almost every time it seems, and now. Uh, it seems like the Chiefs are getting a lot of teams' best uh, shots at them lately. So this one's going to, I think, be some of the same. But again, O'Connell and that, that uh, Raiders offense, I just don't think they can hang with the Chiefs. So I'm going Kansas City on the road as well uh, to, to get off of there. That's Schneid of, of losing at home. To look forward just a little bit for the Raiders, um, after the Chiefs, they've gone to a bye week, which is going to be huge. Unfortunately for you, they come out of the bye week and they face the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. You have to go there. Um, it's a tough haul. They got the Chargers, who are in free fall. Then they get the Kansas City Chiefs, who at that point may have the West kind of locked up anyway. Um, and then they have at Colts 
and then the Broncos come to town. So there, there's definitely winnable games there coming through. There's three to four winnable games. Um, we'll see what happens. We'll see how it goes. But the tail end of their season is something they, they could definitely capture uh, three or four wins. Yeah. My Vikings are coming off a bye week, too, after this uh, this home game against the Ra- the Chiefs. So, yeah, that's a big one for the Raiders. I think uh, they yeah they have a shot. If they want to be a wild card team, they could do it. Let's go to another divisional game uh, from last week. Let's talk about the NFC North. Bears, Lions. The Lions needed a comeback to do it, but they did it. Yeah. Um, this thing was was 14 to 10, though, Lions at the half, but the Bears had a 12-point lead in the fourth quarter of this one. Looked like they were about ready to seal it. Goff had a bad game, three interceptions. There's another one with multiple turnovers. Um the, the Bears kicked a lot of field goals, Santos. They didn't put the touchdowns on the board as probably they should have in hindsight as um, Montgomery and the Lions lead them back, uh, and the Lions take take the uh, the win with like a last-minute uh, comeback. Last-minute comeback and then a game-sealing safety. That's right. Which was the bad I mean, snap you, you, kicked out of the back of the end zone. It was so weird to see that. Be like, oh my god, do the Bears have a chance? You're like, very quickly, no, no, they do not. Uh, Here is a safety, and the game is now over. Um, I don't think Justin Fields had a terrible game. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can see that they need to improve at the quarterback position. I, you know, Justin Fields three years into the league, he's got something similar to what Zach Wilson's going on, where it's like, hey, we, this is kind of what you are. You know, maybe this is what you are. Does that mean we need to replace you at the quarterback position? I understand the logic, but. I feel like a better offense or, you know, an offensive mind tailored towards it might be able to get something more out of Justin Fields, but it really does feel like he's done in Chicago. Um, Unless they go on a crazy run here, I I feel like it's over for him. Yeah, it's weird. He got a lot of called runs in this game. He got a lot of QB designed runs that's not usual for him, so maybe they are trying to bend an offense to him finally, but... At the same time, if you listen to Bears fans, they're like, this, you know, they can talk themselves into it. This is the perfect game. Uh, Fields looked good, but the Bears still lost, so the draft pick looks good and everything else. But if Fields is looking good, you don't want to be in that same situation you were in last year with this, like, yeah, there's a lot of good quarterbacks I could take here, but I don't know. I, I, I have Justin Fields sitting here, so I might as well trade away again and not take uh, C.J. Stroud that's sitting there or uh, Caleb uh, Williams or Bo Nix, whoever we're going to be talking about here in a few months. So, well, the the logic also becomes if you're the Bears, you go, hey, listen, if we sell this team, somebody comes in with some money. Yeah. If if you tell me, hey, I am the Chicago Bears, I have added talent year after year. I've I've filled my coffers, right? I have I have added talented players. I have continued to add talented players. Uh, Darnell Wright. Pretty good. Looking like he's going to be a pretty good pro. Um, I like him on the right side. Okay. The tackle. Okay. Got this year. Yeah. You're probably going to have the number one, maybe number three pick, <laughs> maybe one and three. If you add a Marvin Harrison Jr. and another elite tackle. Marvin Harrison Jr. would be a wonderful pick for these Bears, but somebody's got to throw him the ball. But you say, hey, we're going to have this guy, Justin Fields, one more year, one last year of team control. And then if he's done, you go, hey, I can get you a pretty decent offensive line and a number one target at wide receiver. How about a little extra money and you're a free agent uh, coming to a you know QB-hungry city like Chicago? That's look That looks pretty appealing as well. So it might be a two- or three-year plan in the rebuild. You never know. That's true. Um, 
in order to do that, I think coaching staff would almost need to stay put. Because uh, if you re- hit the reset button on Eberflus now, you you get a new guy in there that might not like Justin Fields, might not like uh, the choices, might want to make his own choices. And yeah, so you're it's a hire lot of a GM that hires the coach. Don't hire them both at <laughs> the same time the separate with an ownership yeah. that doesn't know what they're doing. Yes. Yep. Yep. That's Be in alignment, you dum-dums. Um, well, not for your sake. You hope they stay, you know, fucking looney tunes. I, th- I like that segue. Speaking of my sake, watching this game, um, to be like, hey, the Bears going to win this thing and, and sl- being like, I'm okay with this. This is a good thing for me. The Bears knocking the Lions down here and we getting a chance. And then them collapsing. Oh, that was a rough one. So uh, congrats to the Lions. I think a lot of people are taking this as an opportunity to be like, throw shade on the Lions and say, you look at this, the Lions almost lost to the Bears. But they also, with four, just over four minutes and down two scores, wiped it away like it was nothing. That's in division games are weird. Yes. You know, that's why I'm at too. I think this is more impressive that the Lions won it than the Bears gave them their, they all and still fell apart at the end like like they like to do yeah historically this is a game the lions would lose that's right um and they come back so it's you know eight and two once again eight and, scoreboard. Two. eight and two Nuts. what can you do yeah and they and with the vikings loss as we'll get to they have a strong hold on the north now so um two games left though against those two teams that's going to be a big one so um because i don't have another game to talk about let's talk about a divisional matchup for week 12 of two teams coming off a bye. Yeah, there's method to this madness. Saints mm. at Falcons is the game I'm going to preface this on. They're both coming off a bye. It's the NFC South tilt. Uh, we found out Saints are putting Michael Thomas back to IR. I don't know. I think I think the, uh, the career's shaky now for that wide receiver that just can't stay on the field. You know, you burn bright, man, in the NFL. The average NFL career is three years. Michael Thomas had more than that. But, yeah, he hasn't been healthy since 2001, 2000, (laughs) maybe? Like, that's a long time in the NFL to just be carrying a large contract with no production. Yeah, You know, all potential, no production. So, I can't imagine they hold on to Michael Thomas again next year. I, I don't know where this New Orleans team is. They are in that, you know, sort of tepid middle of the league, like, what are you really going to do? What can you add to this team to make you guys like the, you know, perennial holders of the NFC South crown again? Mm. Um, it feels like Atlanta has more talent. They're just a quarterback away. Um, but yeah, New Orleans, it's like every position kind of needs to get tweaked up a step um, in order for them to be a better team. So I, I'm going to go Atlanta at home, um, taking it over the uh, the New Orleans Saints. I'll pick opposite you. Um, uh, Falcons okay. are wearing those throwbacks, though. In fact, they're, we're getting a lot of uh, little classic looks this week for Thanksgiving, um, and I like those red helmet Falcons. But I'm going to take the Saints on the road. I I think they uh, have a good enough defense to keep this kind of middling Falcons offense down, and it's a divisional game where I think they match up well against them. The, uh, I don't know who's going to be the Falcons quarterback. I don't know if Heineke got healthy or not, but at the same time, I don't think it matters. So I'm still going to take the Saints. Do you, have you heard, Dan? It's supposed to be Ritter. Oh, yeah, wow. They, they like, yeah. See, I mean, Heineke did not have great production as their quarterback for those two games, so they're like, well, you know. He didn't, true. We but still got to find out. We were you know, doing this flip back and forth. I think uh, 
Arthur Smith is on uh, borrowed time here. So, all right, there's a game we have different, Dan. First one in a couple weeks. <laughs> here we go. Um, let's talk about the Packers beating the Chargers 23-20. to 20. Um, Tight game, back back and forth kind of all game. It was 10 all at the half. Um, Herbert, good game, two touchdowns. Keenan Allen got going. Yes, I think he had a drop as well in this one. Um and then on the other side, Love, probably maybe his best game of his uh, career so far. 322 yards, two touchdowns. The Chargers lost Bosa, lost Bosa um, the elder, Joey Bosa. Car- Foot sprain. Yeah, carded off. I think he's going to IR, so he is, that'll yeah. be for a bit for him. And the Packers lost Darren Jones, also carded off in this one. So um, a 23-20, to 20, back and forth kind of gut check but uh chargers can't pull it out on the road in green bay no and it was uh to your point i thought jordan love had a fine day um i thought justin herbert had a great one i thought justin herbert looked really good mm-hmm. um but he's throwing I mean, that quentin johnson drop dude that quentin johnson drop oh was yeah so fucking bad it was it was rasheed like if it was not for rasheed rice Quentin Johnston would be eating shit continuously all day, but Valdez Smith Schuster, Valdez Scantling, Valdez Scantling. Sorry, sorry Val, you're Valdez right, Valdez Scantling. So Valdez Scantling's drop was like, hey, if you were looking at Quentin Johnston's drop, uh, that was shitty, but was like yeah. putting them in a position for maybe a field forget goal. Forget all about it. Imagine, yeah. forget all that shit. Look at Valdez, <laughs> Valdez Scantling. Fuck cold, up the entire game. My beer. Yeah, it really was. I mean, so this was Johnston's serve. They're gonna need more production. Out of Johnson. I mean, th- the fact that you're getting Donald Parnum is your is your number two yeah. wide receiver threat behind Keenan Allen. Like, Johnston, this is what you were drafting the first round for. Like, you got to get more production out of this guy. He was great at TCU. Maybe they just need to throw him more bubble screens, get, get the ball in his hand more frequently. But, yeah, he doesn't – the concentration drops are just fucking terrible. We talked man. about it, though. Like, sometimes it takes a few years wide receivers. I think first round wide receivers, True. though, you're right. You need to ask more of them and – and him stepping in due to all these injuries is is unfortunate, but they got to get going with it. Um, yeah, the Herbert stuff. I, f- I saw some memes online where they're like, you know, Justin Herbert, man, it, it, we got to all start questioning it because, look, at if these linebackers can't catch these players and this and then the defense keeps giving up these uh, touchdowns, then, yeah, Justin Herbert's got some real problems on his hands because <laughs> yeah, it's just the, the team around him kind of feels like letting him down as – I agree with you. I think he and had a good game. It's coaching, dude. Staley. The fact that at the press conference, he's like, you guys are acting like oh. we've never played good defense. Yeah. Statistically, yeah. under Brandon Staley, they've never played good defense. Yeah. They have never had a top 10. And I would say playing good defense is, at the end of the year, having produced a top 15 defense, right? We we can say that? Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah that would count so, as good. That has never happened. They've never produced a defense that finished above 20. Under Staley. That's not... Under Staley. The defensive fucking genius. So I would say, unequivocally, they have never played good defense under Brandon Staley consistently, and they are loaded with fucking talent. Mm -hmm. We talked about this last week. We talked about Derwin James. I'm agreeing that I think that it needs to be blown up after this year. So I'm still on Every week, you got to get... You got to get Staley out. You don't need to blow up the offense. I think this actually might be an opportunity for Kellen Moore to actually ascend to a head coaching position. Mm, there you go. Because the offense has not been bad. The offense has been really, really good. The defense has been fucking atrocious. Yeah. And that's all on Brandon Steele. He's the play caller. Maybe he's overwhelmed. But uh, <laughs> Stop asking. You're not changing the – stop asking that question. Not allowed to ask. Not allowed. So, 
Um, How will we know? The uh, other side of the ball, the Packers, uh, I think there's this thing on Jordan Love and this, you know, these young wide receivers going to grow with him stuff. It's slowly happening. He found different guys on all these touchdowns, Jaden Reed, Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson. Romeo Dobbs' touchdown was impressive because he, he called it yep. himself, threw up his hand like Randy Moss. So uh, the Packers, if they get him some weapons, there's not a guarantee he's a flop. He's just – you'd ex- yeah, I think you want more consistency, sure, but he shows he can do it at, at times. The argument could be made that they have got him weapons – but the weapons are very young and developing as well. There you go. Yeah, you yeah. know, um, you know, Christian Watson is not. I wouldn't throw baby out with the bathwater there. Um, Romeo Dobbs, decent number. Somebody two, number three count option. on now. Yeah, maybe then is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and it, it really does depend on like how you feel about this Jaden Reed kid. He's super fast. You know, he's rookies, Michigan State, decent production. Yeah. But if if that's the case, if you're going in next year saying we got Dobbs, Reed, and Watson. And love, it doesn't feel like you're challenging the division for a, you know a leadership potential here. But there's still talent on the defensive side. Once again, the Packers right now feel like they are stuck in the middling middle. Yeah. So you know, if Jordan loves the guy, great. It's been a long. Um, I don't think. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. They're not going to be in a position to replace him with a top ten quarterback this year anyway. Like especially when he keeps winning games like this, they're going to be picking somewhere in the you know tens, twelves, yeah. and. You know, Jordan Love's on a pretty decent contract for next year, so why not kick the tires again? It's Yeah, it, and I was going to say, it's been a while since the Packers have decided to go out and buy themselves a, a future team. They, they they do this. They build it up from the ground and stuff. It's just usually a quarterback falls in their laps that, that can do that. So if they give Love the time and he turns into it, then we all need to take our time to think about turning back to the old time where quarterbacks sit and, and prepare for a few years and, and get three, four seasons of time to, to, to mature. But we'll see. Um, you know, it's still a lot. You know what Jordan Love's cap hit is next year? It's got to be comfortable. $8 million. For a quarterback, you saying? For a quarterback. Did it's think, an $8 million cap hit. They he's got, that um, well, he's got you know those sort of void years at the end of it, but yeah, he is uh, only $8 million against the cap next year. So no real incentive for a budget-conscious team like the Packers to cut a guy like Jordan Love. Uh, let's get into the preview of the game that's probably already kicked off by the time you guys are listening to this podcast because it kicks mm. off 11.30 in the morning on Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Packers at Lions. Um, to see those Detroit Lions in the Thanksgiving uh, classics, Packers playing them a divisional game. I mean, this is this has uh, Thanksgiving written all over it, Dan. Who do you pick? Losing Aaron Jones hurts them because you can run on the Lions. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have to go Lions, man. I mean, they just—they're eight and two. It's not an accident, you know. That shit just didn't happen. Yeah. Um, I think they're a better team. I think their defense is better. I think their offense is better. Um, I think if the Green Bay Packers can even stay with Detroit in this game, um, especially on a short week going to Detroit, who is super excited to have Thanksgiving for like the first time in ages. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this is a Detroit Lions win. Um, yeah, Aaron Jones is out. The Packers' injury report is something about like 14 or so starters listed on there. Now, I don't think they're going to miss all of them, but a, a good amount. Uh, they're yeah. much more banged up than the Lions, who are already a better team. So I like Detroit at home uh, uh, amongst probably quite a few fans on Thanksgiving, yeah. 
Packers have one running back, and it's A.J. Dillon. <laughs> He's not great. The Lions have production from Montgomery and Gibbs. Yeah. So, like, once again, just control it all day, yeah. I mean, just compare apples to apples, right? Mm-hmm. Montgomery and Gibbs, either one of them is probably better than Dillon. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is better than anybody yep. sitting there. I, Sam Laporta is probably a better wide receiver target at tight end than almost anybody on the Packers right now. So, yeah, it's just better up and down. Packers put uh, their tight end on IR this week. and Yeah. It's not good for Green Bay moving forward, but uh, hey, you beat the Chargers. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Let's do one more game before the break. Let's talk about the yes, Thursday sir. nighter, the bloodbath in in uh, Baltimore. Uh, <laughs> it's mostly talking about what transpired afterwards and what we now know. Bengals 20, Ravens 34. We both picked it. We both knew Ravens could win this thing uh, on a short week in Baltimore. Didn't think it was probably going to turn this ugly uh, in this way, but um, 10 to 21 Ravens at the half because Burrow leaves uh, with the UCL in the second quarter. That's the big story. They they rely on Mixon who had 100 total yards from scrimmage. Um, but then the other side, uh, Jackson two touchdowns, Edwards two touchdowns, Beckham got going, Ravens D got going. Even though the Ravens also lost Andrews with uh, cracked fibula and ankle ligament injuries getting. I think it was all from one tackle. In fact, Logan Wilson for the Bengals injured about three Ravens players at just different times during the games. So even though Burrow... Inheriting the proud tradition of Vontaze. There it is. So... the AFC North, we know that this te- this division is uh is uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're they're they're, they're brutal, and uh, I, when you have real good teams this late in the season and it's this tight, I guess this is what we get. So Ravens win it, but at what cost? Um, well, it is a pyrrhic victory. You yeah. know, we talk about that at all. Um. Losing a guy like Mark Andrews, it is good to have a option like Isaiah Likely. This gives Isaiah Likely a chance to really differentiate himself. Mm-hmm. Like he showed flashes in the past, but uh, you know if he can be not as productive as Mark Andrews, but at least give Jackson a decent option um, at the tight end position, that's going to be huge for them. And then when you know Andrews comes back next year, it'll be even more dangerous uh, to play these Ravens. So. Um, yeah. It is it is not a UCL injury for uh, oh. Joe Burrow. Okay, so uh, he's not getting Tommy John surgery. So the UCL is the ulnar collateral uh, ligament. Yeah, which is basically it it it's not the wrist motion. It's like the elbow motion. Um, so what he has is I gotta. It's hard to pronounce. I apologize. Um, <laughs> Wait, you're if you can't pronounce it, what chance do we? No, have? I mean it's it's tough. <laughs> um, Oh it's a God. wrist injury. Had it. Yes, but it's a scaffold. Hold on. Mm-hmm. I'll find it again. Um, yeah, so it's it's not an easy injury uh, to recover from. It's going to take uh, the rest of this fucking thing. Yeah. But, yeah, he's he's got a full tear. So, not a <sighs> Joe Burrow done for the season. This, yeah, so this means it's Browning. Jake Browning, who uh, was drafted by my Minnesota Vikings, spent some years on their practice squad, has played has not had a starting game in the NFL. I, th- I I I can't tell you if he's taken snaps in games before this one against the Bengal uh the the St- 
excuse me, against the Ravens on Thursday, but he will be getting the starts for the rest of the way for the Bengals. And then who else do the Bengals have as far as quarterback on that roster? Me. I'm the emergency <laughs> quarterback. All right, Dan. All right. Uh, well, you got to get packed. Scaffolunate ligament. My apologies. It's the scaffolunate, which is in the rest. It's in the wrist. It's not in the elbow. Um, so the recovery for it should actually be pretty good. Um, it basically just means that he couldn't really, like, close his hand fully. Yeah. Um, but once that ligament is repaired, I think he'll be he'll be back. It's also a problem because, like, when we talk about guys with small hands, it really does stretch the scaphalunate ligament. Oh, no. So, eh, could be something there in the, the initial scout. Um, we love Jake Browning, or I love Jake Browning coming out of Washington. He's a guy that suffered from pretty severe shoulder injuries that sapped a lot of his, uh, you know, throwing power, but... This is a guy that I think can actually play in the league. I think he's going to make himself some money. I thought he looked pretty sharp um, during that second half. Obviously, he's not Joe Burrow. He's not a game changer that way. But this is what you want from a guy that is your your backup. You want somebody that's steady, that's not going to force the ball into bad positions. He's going to throw the ball to his playmakers. He even got um, Jamar Chase a touchdown that Jamar Chase was unhappy with uh, at the end of the game because it almost felt like garbage time. But it... It's hard to see what the Bengals exactly are going to be because that second half of that game, like you could tell emotionally, they're like, "Oh, Burrow's done. Like, shit, it's another wasted year." You know, we're going to be five and five, or even if we make the playoffs, like, what we're going to make the playoffs? Feels like at, it. You know, nine and eight and get eliminated. It's it's not worth it. Yeah, it feels like it, and that's unfortunate too. I mean, we were so big on the Bengals this year, and they, I was like, two weeks ago, they're all the way back. Bengals are all the way back, and even the loss here. You could have bounced back from it. It would have been tough, uh, but it's a Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving. It's but a, understandable. Yes, it's a right? Thursday go, loss. Hey. Yeah, and a short week on the road. You probably still get the Ravens. I think I don't know what the rest of the Bengals schedule was, but I think they still had them again. Yeah, you face them again. So yeah, the, unfortunately though, yeah, this is this is tough, and I don't think you survive this. Unfortunately, this year Bengals, you you. Uh, you invest and you come back next year with a healthy, healthy Joe Burrow. Yeah, and, and the AFC North is just so tough this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Steelers got way better this week because they fired Matt Canada. We'll talk about yeah. that. Uh, you know, the Ravens. I know they they lost uh, their fucking Mark Andrews, tight end, yeah. but aside from that, they're still pretty loaded. I mean, Odell, if he's if he's able to do consistently what he's been done, um, that's going to be pretty solid. And then the Browns, the defense is fucking amazing. So. The differentiator for the Bengals was Joe Burrow. Without that, I th- maybe two wins the rest of the season. Shit. I looked it up. A.J. I McCarron. I guess they're bringing him back in um, for the oh, Cincinnati. Wow. Just because they'll need somebody to be back up. And then um, the uh, Ravens side of it. Um, yeah, I like Jackson will spread around a little bit more. There's wide receivers there, so maybe he throws it to them a little bit more too with Likely. But we'll see. Uh, they are yeah. Zay Flowers still yep. decent. Beckham and um, what's his name from uh, from the golfers there that has been there the last couple of years. Um, I want to talk about the Ravens next game Sunday night football. They're playing Devin Duvernay. No, I'm trying to think. Who was it? Now you're gonna get me on. I was like, I can't think of his name, so I was just gonna keep moving. Yeah, let's on. not fall down a rabbit hole. We're good. Uh, Ravens at Chargers this Sunday night football, Dan. Uh, an interesting one. This is one that the Chargers really need. They're at home, but they're playing a Ravens team that uh, is right now, I think, number one seed in the AFC, given the Chiefs' loss. 
They are, and uh, I don't think that's going to change at all because I think uh, Brandon Staley is going to get himself fired this week. Mm. If if it's a really bad showing in prime time, I think you're right. I think that's on the table. The Chargers usually swing pretty good. I think the Ravens, if this is par for the course, the Ravens will jump in, smack them in the mouth, go up by two touchdowns, and the Chargers will slowly, slowly come back, come back, come back, and then falter at the end. So I agree. I think the Ravens win it. We'll see if uh, the coach holds on to his job after that one. It'll be interesting to see. I I think it's over. I think this is a week. Uh, I think this is a week where Staley loses it, man. I mean, I think the Ravens are going to be winning one for Mark. I think they're going to absolutely put it on the fucking Chargers. Mm-hmm. And I think Staley's toast. There's a handful of uh, coaches on the hot seat, and uh, we'll take a break because when we come back, we're going to talk about a handful of teams that got their asses kicked, and those coaches should be checking out how hot. Their asses are after they How's got kicked on those hot seats. It took a We'll be circuitous, but yeah. We'll be back after this here at the push off. I've seen enough of nothing new. The blackest stain on history. The last laugh blue. I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna shop Thanks for sticking with us. We are going to treat you all with a nice speedy round of the two-minute no offense. Because no offense, but maybe you played the Dallas Cowboys this week, which means you're automatically entered for one trip into the two-minute no offense. Yeah, Dan, you've had some some rough losses this year and then some some boat races. And a lot of boat races of going in this two-minute no offense for these Cowboys this week. Yeah, we've got quite the point differential this year, I will tell you that much. that's the way to do it. So start the clock for me when you're ready. Yeah, here we go. I'm going to start, though, with the Jaguars crushing their division rival Titans 34-14. It was 13-0 at the half, and then they just kept going. Had to have this after that game against San Francisco. Like, you, you had to get the demon 
off your back. So, um, yeah, just kind of differentiating the talent difference between the Jaguars and the Titans this year made total sense. They let Levis throw a touchdown to uh, Justin Simmons at the end just for fun and giggles yeah, there when it didn't matter. Uh, you Cowboys crushing up on them Panthers, uh, 33-10, to 10, six sacks, two and a half by Parsons, Bland another pick six, leave him alone. Uh, Bland. Bland. Yes. His his name is that dumb that his name is actually Bland. Um, Panthers had a great game plan for us uh, as well in the first half. Like, if you watch the game, you check the box score in the first half, you're like, ooh, that's pretty even. When they made a mistake, it killed them. Mm. When the Cowboys made mistakes, we're like, ah, we're fine, we'll get it again. But, yeah, when they made mistakes, we absolutely destroyed them. And it's just the difference on defense, man. Like, their defense is fine. Our defense was just destroying Bryce Young, just ruining the young man's life. So good for them. Yeah, yeah, that's what it felt like in that one. Uh, I got the Bills crushing the Jets, thirty-two to six. Nice little bounce back for them. Zach Wilson gets benched. It's Tim Boyle time now, and and isn't going to get any better. You know what you have with Zach Wilson. You got to move on. It's it's toast. Like you're four and six, you have a slim chance of the playoffs, but it's not with Zach Wilson. I remember this last year too. I was there too. And then the Forty uh, mm-hmm. ers I'm going to put that one. Forty ers beating up on the Buccaneers at oh, home, fair. twenty-seven to fourteen. Yeah, never really felt like the Buccaneers were in this game. Right. Uh, you know, they they scored one at the end of the game to kind of make it a little bit closer, but they they were beaten pretty soundly. Um, by the San Francisco 49ers. Dangerous, dangerous 49ers team. Brock Purdy, perfect. Yeah, Purdy's basically. back. The The team Ooh, got healthy, and, and the Niners, after beating up on the Jaguars, they're back beating up on the Buccaneers at home. It's making sense. They did lose Hafanga, torn ACL. That's huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. good. He's, Tulanoa Hafanga. Yeah, he's a strong... He's a good safety. I was going to say he's a strong safety. I don't know if I think he might be the free safety, so I don't want to yeah. confuse things. Um, He's a strong free safety. It's very confusing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're a real layered defense. Uh, let's get to some picks. Let's get to some picks for this Thanksgiving one. Um, yes, sir. We've got uh, the Carolina Panthers going to Tennessee. They're playing the Titans on Sunday. This is one we got We got to get through, so I'm going to start with that one, Dan. <laughs> We're going to put this one probably in the two-minute no offense, it should be. if we're being honest. Yeah, unless it's a t- it's fun a- game to watch for some reason. I I still think that the Titans, though they don't have a great record, their rookie quarterback has more talent around him than the Carolina Panthers do. Carolina Panthers also have a ton of fucking injuries, dude. Like, they are a mash unit. The Titans just feel like they've got an old team and a young team that they mash together, and it's just not working right now. I'm going to pick uh, the Titans to, to win this one. I'm going to you know keep the throat or keep that Bears pick alive at the number one. I agree with you. I think Titans have more stuff going for them this year even though these are two teams that are waiting for a a future season and uh hoping that yeah their young quarterbacks can build it um planning on next year yeah uh we're worried about coaches on the hot seat and i unfortunately i don't think it should be but uh you got to look at carolina and what's going on there and frank reich and so it's a big one i think the panthers need to start showing up here in the second half start uh showing like they think they, they can turn this thing around a little bit but um yeah and against a, a, big, a titans team like this this is where they could it it need you don't need to necessarily win you just need to not look completely outclassed yeah. um first halves against the cowboys right 
that's a great way to put that together. Mm-hmm. You go, hey, we didn't get blown out in the first half. We had a plan and we stuck to it and we we executed. Then the talent got different. You have to have a decent showing through these last couple games because they already fired Matt Rule, who had a big fat contract, but they knew it wasn't working. They knew it wasn't changing. If they have that same impression from Frank Reich, you could find somebody else that's in love with Bryce Young to come here and coach him. Uh, Frank Reich hasn't been good since he was in Philadelphia. It would be the you know, owner's since, what, third, though, coach mm. firing already. It, it'd be rough, but yeah. Sure, but I don't know if Rivera even counts. You know what <laughs> true, I mean? True, true. It's it like, wasn't his. you know, he, he took the team and Rivera was kind of, you know, dead man walking anyway, yeah. so I get it. But yeah, he could, he could say, hey, Matt Rule was a mistake. To make a second mistake so quickly after Matt Rule, that's got to sting a little bit. But, uh, you know, he seems seems like a guy who's willing to make mistakes in search of the right one. So we'll find yeah. out. Yeah, and poor Rivera, too. I think we'll get there, but I think he's in a situation where another ownership is just going to push him out the door. Brand new ownership, <sighs> and then he's like, goodbye. There's no different. Like, Ron Rivera's production as a head coach since he left Carolina is just middle of the road. Yeah. Like, y- you... It's like late stage Lovey Smith, you know, ten years after the Super Bowl visit, where you're like, "Are we still doing this? Mm. You really? Okay, I think you know what you have, right? You don't know what you have with Frank Reich. You're waiting for him to prove it. You know what you have with Ron Rivera. You, it's over." Yeah. Um, all right, another game for next week: the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to Indianapolis. They're playing the Colts. Uh, the Gridiron Uniform database here is saying that the Buccaneers are going to be wearing their uh, pewter throwbacks. In Indy Ooh. against those blue Colts uh, home jerseys. Just interesting color to color. Pewter and blue might be nice. Color to color matchup nice there. Contrast. Yeah, it doesn't usually happen, but uh, NFL will allow it if, if they think that there's enough difference there. So that's about the only interesting thing in this game. No, uh, Shaq Leonard uh, released yeah. by the Colts today. Uh, one of our favorite linebackers, but the guy was going to get paid quite a bit of money. And he's got a scary back injury that's been limiting him. Uh, he's on waivers as we speak. Will probably clear those from what I'm hearing. I think he cleared them. He already has? Okay. Yeah, he cleared them today because he got cut on Monday. He, he cleared waivers. Oh, uh, I thought he was late. cut today. No, no, that was uh, – was that yesterday? Let me see. Well, anyways, I think he, cleared, he yeah. probably will if he hasn't already. And then uh, free to sign – with anybody here uh, to finish off the season. I don't know. Yeah, he was cut on Tuesday, cleared waivers today. Okay, okay. so I don't know how much he gets pushed in uh, this year, but uh, future guy, and we hope, as I think uh, as fans of Darius Leonard, that he has some, uh, some success still left. There is an unfortunate adage that comes to injuries. Back don't come back. Yeah. <laughs> Once you hurt your back, that's going to be something that happens forever. Um, whether it be spinal, you know, we're talking about the Cowboys, Leighton Van Der Esch might never play again. Yeah. If if once your back goes, that holds up everything, man. Like you can't, you can't really like twist. You can't move. You get that's your core. I mean, it doesn't sound like it's your core, but it's your fucking core. Um, and so he has not been the same since the back injury two years ago. Before that, though, like if you look at his resume and you look at the games he was playing and like the turnovers he was producing probably the best linebacker in the game for four years and then got paid got his bag good for him and then got injured and he was pretty much never been the same so the big complaint that they had with him in indy is that when they took him out because he's clearly not 
you know, as sharp. Like they thought, hey, maybe we can hold on to him. Maybe he'll recover. He started complaining about his uh, complaining about his playing time, mm. and that becomes kind of cancerous uh, to the situation. Like you have to know that you've lost a step, take a step back, still be a leader. When he wasn't going to do that, they're like, hey, we're moving on. This is not a good situation. That's rough. Okay, so we'll see what happens with him. He's not on this Colts team, so we have to discuss. Buccaneers at Colts for this week. Who are you picking, Dan? This is kind of an interesting one. This is one that I think it... I want to see how people respond to the Shaq Leonard cutting. Uh And from the interviews I'm seeing, it seems like everybody's like, yeah, this makes sense. So that puts me more towards the Colts. You know, the Colts are coming off a bye week. Got to remember that. Mm -hmm. The... The Buccaneers just played a really tough game against San Francisco at San Francisco. Now they got to come to a rested Indianapolis team. I think Indy can run it on the Buccaneers. I think they can. So I'm going to pick Indy at home, especially after a bye week, uh, to beat these Buccaneers. Yeah, it's two teams that don't match up against each other very often, so things can get weird. Um, the Buccaneers, I think, usually hang with teams like this that are kind of middle of the road. I think that's where they are too, but... This being in Indy, and like you said, the bye week and things like that, that's where I have the Colts picked in this one. The Colts are in this weird spot, too, where they could technically jump up. and I mean, at 5-5, five and five, they could take this. Uh, given that they are playing a last place, second to last place rec, uh, schedule here, mm-hmm. um, they could they could sneak their way into the playoffs with, with Gardner Minshew. Yeah. They could do it. This is... This is also a dirty white boy matchup between Mayfield and uh, Minshew, so it should be a bunch of really gutsy, tough throws. That's being right. Made just, in this game. Just, I'll I'll beat you with my arm before you can beat me with mine. Uh, the Bills go into the throw it over all them mountains. <laughs> Bills Eagles. This is a late afternoon start and a fun one. We get to see uh, the Eagles wearing the uh, Kelly Green throwbacks in this one. Who are you picking, Dan? Uh, they're nice throwbacks, but you know if there's a even a sliver of a chance. <laughs> that uh, a team could respectably beat these Eagles, which the Buffalo Bills, when they are on their shit, when they are on their bullshit, oh my goodness, they are one of the more dangerous teams in the league. I'm going to take them to beat Philly, who has not been impressive of late, but they have also been doing... You remember Floyd Mayweather? Sure. Just lived in a Philly shell and just kind of tired you out forever. That feels like what Philly is doing, ironically enough, living in a Philly shell Mm -hmm. and just tiring guys out, and then they keep the game within striking distance and close it out in the fourth quarter. I would love to see Josh Allen go full R-word and just (laughs) go bananas. Just go bananas. When he does on these that, people. it's not a good thing. Usually, he needs to be a little it's bit more good and bad. Yeah, it's good and bad. It's good and bad. Yeah. Um, never go, never go full. Never go full. No, 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 no never go full. Never go full. Um, I, the Bills need this. The Bills need this obviously way more than the uh, Eagles do even. Um, but I'm taking the Eagles. I think uh, the the Bills have a lot of problems, and unfortunate that this is the matchup they get a road one against an Eagles team that just won in Kansas city. And they'll get a uh, late afternoon start where they can show off here against a, a bills team. That's not as good as the chiefs. So uh, go Eagles opposite you in that one, Dan. Um, plus the Kelly greens can't pick against it. Um, that's true. That that does sway you a little bit when you get those uh, nice jerseys. Tough. And then the, the black Friday uh, pre- game we all get, this one is a 2 PM central uh kickoff time so it's kind of an interesting one uh but what else are you going to be doing on this day uh shopping come on 
So as as the ladies hit the, hit the the mall, the guys can can stay at home and watch dolphins at Jets. The Jets wearing their all black ones because it is Black Friday. I'm gonna surprise you here. Oh, you're gonna go with the Tim Boyle I'm, Jets. I'm gonna go with the Tim Boyle Jets. Okay. I know this is odd. I know Miami's got one hell of an offense, it's, right? It's it's an interesting pick. Yeah. But this Jets defense is something ferocious. And with less game film on a guy like Tim Boyle, all you're basically saying is, hey, Tim, don't fuck this up the way Zach's been fucking this thing up. You know, you still have Brees Hall, who's a solid contributor. You've got Garrett Wilson. You've got players that can play. So I am I'm going to pick the Jets on an upset here to take the Miami Dolphins at home. Uh, yeah, um, Zach Wilson... Bench down to emergency quarterback. He's not even going to be activated for this thing. Um, it, it's uh, Tim Boyle, and then um, second string, I think, is uh, Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon. Yeah, Simeon's back. Yeah. So, yeah, the, just to be completely done, completely done immediately, stuff with Zach Wilson. Rough, rough time. I mean, where we were. I wonder what it was. Too. Like, you know, I mean, obviously the production's not there. We know that, but like, to be replaced by a 29-year-old journeyman because they're like, I want to see. They're just not, I they're see not scoring touchdowns. Anything yeah. he could do. Um, I'll go, I'm going Dolphins, obviously. I'm going Dolphins off his, opposite that. I think uh, Miami takes care of business. Um, it is a short week or whatever, but it, it's this Friday. You know, New York is a, is a mess right now, so I'm going to go that one. This Okay, it's a prime game. Hey, so I'm, I'm not playing kneel down with my lead on the picks here. You know this. I, I pick where the heart you goes. You do? No. It, well, no, that's true. You, you pick where the heart goes, but you've been very smart with your picks. You haven't just gone opposite Eagles constantly here, so... And that one, this one. Hey, oh, I was so mad that Valdez can't win. Yeah, fucking pull that thing in. The uh, the me picking, not picking the Jets is mostly because the Jets have burned me so much the last few weeks. I'm not, I, I'm Jets. That's Jets fair. Are, yeah, I'm a scoring list here. All right, we got games to talk about still from last week. It was a while ago, so let's get through them. The Giants winning. They beat the Commanders thirty-one to nineteen. The Giants have had a really rough go at it, so this is the one where you can at least enjoy. You beat your division rivals. Uh, you looked good doing it. Uh, Tommy DeVito threw three touchdowns. Um, they talk about this like Tommy DeVito's not going to really go on to have like an amazing career, but he has this game now. He has this game. He can always talk about it. Beat up on the Commanders yeah. in Washington through three touchdowns in an NFL game. <laughs> No one has ever been more aggressively blown in New Jersey than Tommy DeVito was after this week. Everybody's saying, way to represent the Italian-American community in Jersey. Tommy, he is free blowies uh, from all of us down at the uh, the Bada Bing. Uh, just enjoy it. Enjoy this uh, resurgent success uh, living on your mom's couch. Uh, hopefully she uh, she gave you a run of the house to run through several different Jersey whores with uh, their foot-long hairdos. Uh, enjoy yourself, Tommy. It really, truly, I, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Enjoy yourself. Saquon had a good game, too. Two touchdowns. <laughs> Sam Howell. But is Saquon representing the culture? Is he representing <laughs> a people? Is he representing the people in New Jersey? I know he's from Pennsylvania. It's fine. He's a good guy. I love guys from Pennsylvania. They're good people. <laughs> but are we representing a culture? Right, a, mo- a really a feeling, a feeling, a true people. You know, 
an artistic expression of a community. That's what Tommy DeVito is doing. All right, all right. We're back there. Um, on the other side. What you got to understand. <laughs> no, I'm On the other side, Sam Howell had one of those bad days, three interceptions. He did have a touchdown passing in, ran one in. Commander's defense had nine nine sacks on this one. So your, your boy Tommy DeVito was on his back a little bit. <laughs> he was. Sam Howell, though, also evaluated for a concussion. And, and you know when you get evaluated yeah. for concussion. You know what that means? You had a concussion. I know. I couldn't uh, believe they were like looking at his eyes. I think I texted you on that, and then they're like, "Didn't miss a snap." <laughs> like what? Yeah, it's uh, it's that scene from uh, Requiem for a Dream. Can you see me? Can you hear me? Good for work. Right. <laughs> you know, Jacoby Brissett's like, I I'm okay. I'm not <laughs> fucking terrible. Like, put me in, man. Uh, yeah, Sam Howell did not have a good game, but we talked about it. Sam Howell still fun. Yeah. Uh, still fun. They weren't they weren't fully out of this game, but New York really did put their foot on the throat in the fourth quarter, which I haven't seen that all year. Yeah, this was this was good coaching here. This was Brian Dayball being like, "Hey, if if I don't have a fucking glass bitch at the quarterback <laughs> position, I might be able to do some things here." Yeah, no, the Giants started hot, and then the Commanders made it close, and then Giants pushed it through again. So that was impressive. They they understood what they needed to do, and finally did in this game. So give it up for the Giants. And how about an Isaiah Simmons touchdown, right? Acquiring him for peanuts from the Cardinals and uh, turning him into something. That's true. Yeah, that. yeah. Scoop and score there. Uh, that looked fun. They are at home against a Patriots team that isn't poo-poo of late. So can they make this a win streak? We don't even know who is going to play quarterback for the Patriots. Belichick, quote, told everybody to be ready to go. <laughs> Very Belichick I mean, when way. he says... When he says everybody, I like he means legitimately everybody. I want to see it. Ezekiel Elliott might start a quarterback. Give every guy a a, a, a um, just a drive. Yeah, it's, you know, this Belichick's one we're gonna do like all army. Yeah, Wildcat. Yeah, we're doing the Wildcat. We're running the wing T. We're doing we're doing the triple, triple options. option. Yep, he'd love that. Yeah, there's no limits. <laughs> and against the Giants team, I could see him deciding like yeah why not we're just gonna control this thing force tommy to to beat us i don't know this is an interesting one dan who you gotta pick first as exciting as tommy devito is and and maybe we're wrong i mean like i said uh fucking one of our my mount rushmore of coaches andy Reid, lost against after a bye week right so you never know Mm -hmm. but bill belichick against rookie quarterbacks is rude He's a rude motherfucker against them. <laughs> like, that dude does not let up. Like, if it's a rookie quarterback, he goes, give me everything. Like, give me every exotic bullshit that anybody's ever seen that they cannot differentiate, they have not seen on film, throw it at this motherfucker. I'm going to pick the Patriots on the road against these Giants. I mean, neither one of these teams is good, but I think the Patriots are actually going to have a pretty good game uh, against these Giants and to make... You know, the Giants come back down to earth. People go, hey, maybe New England's not completely fucked. Um, they are completely fucked, they but are. Belichick hates, hates the fact that the Giants stole two Super Bowls from him. That, you know that. Yeah. So he's going to go everything he can to Tommy DeVito. I could see that, but um, Patriots just look so bad right now. So bad. The Giants have had these flashes where it's, you know, injuries and things like that. And if Tommy DeVito can have a game like that against the commanders. And I believe that they, maybe they've given him somewhat of an o- offensive game plan that works under his game. And I think that's mostly on just lean on Saquon Barkley constantly. Mm-hmm. The Patriots uh, it does seem like from what I read from the, the things that 
uh, Mac Jones, or at least Mac Jones believes that he is going to be the one starting again. To me, that makes a little sense on that they're going to fix anything of this offense. So I think the Patriots are spinning their wheels again, and I don't know why. I, I think Belichick's better than that. I would agree with you that I would think Belichick after a bye week would have something new to throw in there, but I think we're going to see a lot of the same. So I'm going to go Giants on a win streak, giving two in a row. So there you go. I'll go opposite. Could be Will Greer, man. You never know. Never, yeah, I, that's true, too. If it was Will Greer, that would make more sense than if Mac Jones goes out there again after benching him Can you in imagine Germany. Will Greer starting, Bailey Zappi as the backup, Mac Jones as the emergency QB? I mean, that's what... Ooh. Happened in the other New York game, so they're going to New York. Might as well. Let's talk about the Rams. We didn't pick this. Uh, The one-point win over Seattle, 17-16. It was 13-7 Seahawks at the half. They lost. The Rams lose Cup to an ankle injury, and it doesn't matter. They drive them down there at the end, take the lead, and the Rams sneak out the win at home. We call it a sneak out, but it kind of felt like it. They win it. I mean, the Rams are just a well-coached team. I always forget that the Rams are a well-coached team. I don't know why. I don't know why I forget it, but uh, they really just truly are. I don't think Matt Stafford had a great game. I don't think anything about the Rams was particularly impressive. Uh, Daryl Henderson got released after this game because of how junk he's been mm. uh, running the football. He, he had six carries for one yard. Yeah. That one yard was a touchdown, and they're like, get the fuck out of here. You're just a fantasy football vulture. Get the fuck out. Um, Geno Smith did not have a great game. Geno Smith was getting fucking harassed during this game as well, though. So tons of pressure, uh, really couldn't get the run game going, whether it was Charbonnet or whether it was Kenneth Walker, just couldn't get it done. So, yeah, once again, we talk about these weird division games. I don't know why I pick them down the line as often as I do, but yeah, L.A., respectable, um, well-coached team. They just need a rebuild year, and uh, they need somebody behind Stafford because you can see he's uh, he's on the downslope, yeah. on the downslide of his career. This could this game though was could could have gone either way. Um, I think it was a fumble late. Well, uh, Gino goes out, and then Locke throws an interception like immediately, and I don't know how healthy Gino is for this game tomorrow night. Yeah, it's questionable for Thanksgiving night against mm-hmm. the Niners, so that's huge. Um, because the good thing it doesn't matter. Probably not. <laughs> if the 49ers are back the way they are, it probably doesn't. Um, and that's kind of where we're leading, anyways. But like, yeah, the Rams are keeping themselves alive, kind of. I don't know. I mean, it's hard. Every week, I think the Rams could be something. They they prove something else, and and with this division the way it is, I think they're just more spoilers than anything. But um, yeah, there's somebody to look out for, especially because my Vikings are that bubble team in the the NFC right now that the Rams could could become an issue or thrown in the side if nobody in the NFC South does it. Um, but that's kind of what I got for this game. I don't know. Uh, Myers was three for th- four in field goals, so the the Seahawks kicked a lot of get field goals when they if they got the touchdowns they could have won this one. So let's talk about the Thanksgiving night. The one to put us to bed tomorrow night, uh, or this this evening, whenever we're listening to it. 49ers at Seahawks. 
Yeah, not a chance the Seahawks uh, come in here fully injured against a 49ers team that's just been murdering motherfuckers when they're healthy. So, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna have to go 49ers. In Seattle, but uh, that's the only thing really that, yeah, that they got going for them over the Niners who do seem like they're back to their full power. Um, we've got some throwbacks for the Niners in this one, and then Seattle will be wearing those uh, action greens. But uh, I'll take the Niners too. All right, we're at the the Vikings loss, uh, beat, losing to the Broncos on Sunday night. The bummer that oh, it was the Denver for me. Broncos, yeah, twenty one to twenty. Um, Broncos keeping that hot streak going, and the Vikings ends. Uh, Vikings had the lead ten nine at the half, but um, Wilson threw a touchdown. Lutz kicked five field goals, a career day for him. And the Vikings turned the ball over three times, and you just can't survive that. So another bad turnover game uh, for Minnesota. And that's what I saw from this one, honestly. It was felt like they could have, they should have won, better team, honestly, and stuff like yep. that. But um, when you kept coughing that ball up, kept turning it over, couldn't survive it. That pick six by Dobbs, man, that was pretty rough. That was a pretty rough one. I know the ball was hit as it was coming out, but like he didn't take it all the way oh, back. Boy. I don't think it was a pick six. I don't think it was a touchdown. You sure? Well, I don't think he took it all the way back. I remember the interception. There was a fumble, two fumbles, one for Dobbs. He got hit as he threw it, but I'm pretty sure they got there because, I mean, they only scored the one from the Oh, running. yeah, you're right. It was it was to the nine, but uh, – Yeah, and we tough. held them to a field goal after that. So the defense yep. had a great game again. They're, they kept them in it. Uh, T- Dobbs had an amazing touchdown where he shakes off a sack and throws in to our backup uh, tight end and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, a loss uh, um, outside of the division, outside of the conference, isn't isn't a, a big loss here. They're gonna, they're still like a seventy seven percent chance to make the playoffs because the rest of the NFC is kind of being the joke that they are right now. So I'm okay here. I'd like us to get a little healthier. I don't know when JJ's coming back, if it's against you know Chicago here for Monday night or after our bye week, which happens the following week. So we'll see. But, yeah, this w- – I think it'll be after the bye. Yeah, this was a disappointing one because um, it felt like we were the better team in this one. But the Broncos, I'm going to give it up to them and – not my favorite head coach is Sean Payton in their big win. <laughs> it it really did feel like the Denver Broncos kind of just squeaked this one out yeah. at home. Um, we talk about it a lot that the you know the home field advantage is about three points, and uh, yeah, by that logic, the Denver Broncos lost this fucking thing. It would have been eighteen to twenty, and that that felt like how this actually was going. It, I think um, Minnesota though had the the. Uh, the spread on their side though so i don't think yeah i don't think they covered or whatever so if you bet on it sorry about that but yeah (laughs) yeah don't don't bet on a denver broncos game what are you you doing doing? that's not fun and you can't bet on vikings games they're fucking psychotic (laughs) yeah you can never you can Um, never put your money down on those so how after a game like this how are you feeling about josh dobbs Dobbs is still fine. I mean, the look at where everyone is with quarterbacks and stuff. If you're going to have a quarterback fill in or whatever, then Dobbs is the guy. But, um, yeah, like I guess I was saying after the first half of the Saints game, I was like, this guy could stick around. I still think he could. I mean, he's got the legs and stuff. The Denver Broncos, which is interesting because uh, they're rushing defense is so bad. The one thing they don't give up is QB runs. 
showed like Mahomes and all these other quarterbacks who love to run the ball and nobody gashed the Broncos too much this season. Uh, we had to be able to run the ball against them, and we were. They ran the ball quite successfully. In fact, Ty Chandler had 113 total yards from scrimmage. Look good, yeah. I don't know why we keep going back to Alexander Madison. He's the one who put the ball on the ground, the fumble laid in it. He doesn't seem to be seeing the holes uh, most of the time. So I'm, I'm, and me and a lot of Vikings fans, I think, are, are ready to move on from, from Alexander Madison. You know what? Make him the number two guy again. He seems to be too fine coming in, you know, with the, um, you know, the legs that are Listen, fresh. I, yeah. I know what it is to have a running back. Where like, man, what a great number two. What if he was the number one? And then you go, <laughs> oh, what if he was the number two though? What if he was the number two? That'd be yeah, great. Yeah, you're living where I am. Yeah. Um, so that's what, yeah, that's where I'm at for that one. Then, uh, unfortunately, Vikings lost, but I get to see those classics back on Monday night. Mm. The classic throwback jerseys are back on for the, the mat. Yeah, for the Bears. Uh, it's Bears at Vikings. Monday night football. Dan, you go first. I know you don't love playing the Bears. No, no, it does. You know, weird divisional games. But, I mean, listen, the Bears aren't playing for anything. The Vikings are playing for not the division, but definitely a wild card. You're in Minnesota. If you, you can't can't say anything other than skull here, right can you Scott? yeah primetime um where kirk doesn't have to play he's passing out the turkeys and and doing all of the the nice stuff on with the family this week well josh dobbs goes out there and, and takes the hits um defense is playing great offensive line is playing great so yeah i think the vikings will bounce back against a bears team that is um yeah not nearly playing as good and and back at home here and stuff like that i think i like my vikings too so it's going to feel good. Uh, what sucks is that uh, after that loss, to go through this long weekend of football and have to wait all the way to Monday night to get that bad taste of uh, last Sunday night out of my mouth. But uh, hopefully they win it because then it's a bye week after that. So we'll see. Well, if it makes you feel any better, imagine you squandered a basically 10-point lead in the last two and a half minutes of a game. <laughs> have to sit in that all week. Yeah, so. that's true. Yeah, Bears are sitting with that's more. That's bad. Um, let's talk about the Texans beating the Cardinals 21 to 16, where Stroud had his bad game, three interceptions, but two touchdowns and 336 yards passing. That's a Stroud bad game. Just get that over your head. But, uh, Cardinals I like those bad games. That's been yeah, nice. those are nice bad, bad ones. Right? Cardinals defense though. Yeah. That's what they did. They jumped into some passes. They, uh, did all right to keep themselves in this one. Um, it was 10 to 21 Texans at the half. So they even fought back try to make it a game with the field goals in the second half uh tank dell uh another big game rookie to rookie man uh stroud to tank dell yeah if you're if you're a texans fan i know there's not a ton of texans fans get on the bandwagon because my goodness this team is fucking fun devin singletary uh, having great games, C.J. Stroud tearing the fuck up, young rookies, young contributors, uh, you know, even Bobby Trees catching some balls out there, man. <laughs> I mean, this team is fun as shit. It is fun watching Texans games. Even with a bad C.J. Stroud is better than almost everybody else's good quarterback this yeah. year. So, you know, I'm sure the Cardinals would have loved a bad C.J. Stroud game instead of a middling Kyler Murray game, but Kyler Murray is still very much moving his way back to full strength. Yeah, Murray got a touchdown, ran a touchdown in, but he did throw an interception himself. Um, kind of all I have for this game, Texans with the win, they, they're they staying 
can they're staying within their division and uh and keeping up with the Jaguars now, which we'll get to well, let's talk about it right now. Jaguars at Texans mm-hmm. is the game we get at uh that's a noon Sunday game, but um fun one to uh see the matchup here in this one. Who are you taking on Dan when the Jaguars go on the road to Houston? I I'm going to take Houston to lose. It's confusing, I know. <laughs> I'm going to take Houston to lose. I think the Jaguars are a better team. If the Jaguars lose this game, the NFL would love it. The NFL would be excited to be like, oh, wow, we can push this young rookie quarterback. But the Jaguars, if they want to take that next step, you have to win this game on the road to put a real significant lead on this division going into the back half of the season. So the Texans stop thinking about winning the division. They start thinking about winning the wild card. The Jaguars can consolidate, maybe be an 11 or 12 win team and take the AFC South. Failing that, if they're both 7-4 and coming out of this, you can't tell me you don't feel great about the Texans moving forward. Right. You know? I mean, yeah, I'm, I've got to pick the Jaguars here just because of where I think they're going uh, at the end of the season. Could be. I think, though, what we're seeing is that the Jaguars team was, they, you know, they had their hot streak a little bit earlier, the the, the trip to, to London, things like that, and now it seems like Houston is the team on the hot streak. Um, I'm not going to pick against the Texans until I see that they come back a little bit more down to earth. Now, maybe that was this one against the Cardinals, but they still won it. And they're at home here for this one with the Jaguars going there. So I'm going to pick the Texans to, yeah, tie up this one and then uh, end up taking mm-hmm. over first place in the division because I believe that's where they'd end up at that point. Um, oh, hot damn. Yeah. And then we got uh, the Rams going to Arizona. That's another one we can talk about here. Rams at Cardinals. Cardinals will wear their all black uniforms for that one. Dan, what do you think? Yeah, Rams don't know what to spoil here. Like, are you are you spoiling their high draft pick by losing to them, or <laughs> are you spoiling their resurgence of Kyler Murray by beating them? You know, how what's the best way to to injure these Rams? I I think the Rams will win this one. Um, I you know, like I said, Matthew Stafford's on the downslide, but I don't think Kyler Murray's all the way up yet. Um, so I'm going to take the Rams to uh, to win this one on the road. Yeah, I'm going Rams too. I think. Uh... The Cardinals, um, yeah, the Cardinals are still have a lot of problems. Even if this one is in Arizona, LA looks like they they could put this together when they're healthy, and they I feel like they're a little bit healthier. Um, Stafford's hand looks okay, and things like that from that last game. So I'll take the Rams with you. Know, you. It's, you know, it's funny if you check uh, NFL.com statistics. Do you know who the team leader is in passing for the uh, Arizona Cardinals? Is it Josh Dobbs still? Yes, it is. Yeah, I would still just. I mean, he played the most. That makes sense. One more game, then, Dan, to wrap up this show. Let's talk about that Steelers Browns defensive matchup. Uh, kind of led off. Is that with what the, we're calling it? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. led off with the AFC North uh, last week. So we'll wrap up with them this week. Um, Browns won it, thirteen to ten, the walk off field goal. Ten um, nothing Browns at the half. Steelers fight back to tie it. You know, the Browns starting with Thompson Robinson in this one. The Steelers, you know, Jalen Warren was the big uh, stat guy, the backup running back for them. So um, after this game ended, Cleveland immediately signs Joe Flacco, and then the Steelers the next day fire Matt Canada. So that's what happens when you see a 10-13 to game. Both teams did whatever they thought they could to improve. Yeah. Um, you, if you look at a guy like Kenny Pickett, you know where you say, "Hey, you're in your second year. 
we think you might be a franchise quarterback. We can't be 100% sure. You know Matt Canada is not putting him in the best positions to be his best self. Apparently. Right? So, I mean, a game like this for Kenny Pickett, I mean, this is just, listen, you're going to lose a job with something like this. Now, if Kenny Pickett, back half of the season, starts being resurgent, putting together, you know, 252-1 games, you know, where he's, he's actually moving the ball down the field, this Steelers defense and Steelers offensive working in tight conjunction could be a real danger in the AFC. You know, like, they'd sure. probably be like, hey, give us the Browns again, man. We'd love to see him again. Um, this Browns team just needs anybody at quarterback, anybody. Mm. Like, the the fact that you're kicking the tires on Joe Flacco means you, you saw Dorian Thompson-Robinson in this game, and you saw what everybody saw, which was like, Holy Oops. shit. Yeah. You threw the ball 43 times, you got 165 yards out of it? Jesus Christ. Maybe that's why um, you don't fall in love with your preseason darlings. Yeah. This is what it's true. And that's okay. I mean, Teaching he's not us. supposed to be playing. This is a guy that should have been on the bench all year learning, learning tendencies, learning defenses. You can see he is overmatched completely. Yeah. But the defense, just being like, hey, we're better than almost everybody this year. Like, this Browns defense is built to ruin lives. And uh, they certainly did it to Kenny Pickett, and they certainly did it to Matt Canada. But, uh, yeah, this is the first time the Steelers have fired a coach in season in, like, almost two decades. Yeah, yeah, I saw that stat, too. That is nuts. Um, franchise history, first midseason firing of a coordinator franchise history. So I don't know if they've ever wow. done it. Wow. Um, yeah, it's a, it was a mess of a game. The Browns, though, do come out with the win at home, so that kind of leaves everything muddled up there at the top of this division. Uh, now that we've talked about everything in this division, Browns at 7-3, and three, the Ravens at 8-2 and two or 7-3 and three themselves? 8-2? and 8-3? and three? Uh, What are they? Steelers are 6-4. Uh, eight and, and 8-3. Uh, so yeah, just a half game difference between Browns and Ravens, and then the Bengals now with the the injury. If it's not going to be Joe Burrow in these Bengals, who is it going to be, Dan? I I mean, it, a lot of it depends against this game against the Chargers, but I feel like the Baltimore Ravens still have. I mean, a two game lead mm-hmm. in this division with games left to play against division rivals that are suffering. You got to go Baltimore. I feel like it's Baltimore, man. Yeah, I think the Ravens might be the better team in this division. The Browns could uh, cause uh, some some one and dones for good teams if they make those these playoffs. Uh, defense travels, and that defense will be very good no matter where it plays. So that's something to look out for. Uh, you, I don't know if you want to pull the Browns week the uh, first uh, round of playoffs. Oh no, yeah, um, I don't want the Brown. I don't want the Browns. Baltimore. If it wasn't for the fact that Baltimore didn't have a complete collapse in the second half. They we'd be talking about them as a nine and two team, true. And these Browns would be six and four. But wins are wins. Doesn't matter how it goes. Um, so let's talk about the Cleveland Browns are going on the road to Denver this week. Browns at Broncos. Dan, who do you like in this one? We saw how the Broncos struggled against a pretty decent defense in Minnesota. The fact that they're about to go up against this Browns defense, um, yeah, Dorian Thompson Robinson, don't touch the ball. Just run that shit. Run that shit all day. It was effective for the Vikings. It'll be effective as well. Like, you got Kareem Hunt and Jerome Ford. Those dudes can run. Take it out of Thompson Robinson's hands. Put it in the defense. Put it on the running backs. You should be able to beat a Denver team. Oof, you're making me rethink this. I have the Broncos picked, but that's a good point because if the Browns just run the ball, 
I don't have any faith that they can take that Dorian Thompson Robinson can be the one to beat them. So uh, you'd have to do it on the ground and on defense. But the Broncos have played smart enough here that they're not turning it over and they're just hanging around and their defense is good too enough to do that. So I will stick with my Broncos pick. I don't, you know, it's not comfortable. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a late start in Denver you know, mile high in the thin air. So I'm going to take that over this Browns team that is spread thin with that rookie quarterback. One more game. I just imagine Miles Garrett chasing down Russell Wilson. Yes. <laughs> no, that picture. About. Yeah, Miles Garrett's going to have a game. Of course he is. I think it's going to be another ugly, very defensive game. But that's what the Browns. Yeah. I'm going st- to stick with my pick. Uh, Steelers Bengals. Steelers Bengals is the last one. This is another AFC North matchup. They're getting a lot of those lately. Um, with Matt Canada now gone, Dan, what, who do you think is going what's going to happen? Uh, I think they just improve. I think they have to get better. You, there is talent on this team. There is too much talent on the offensive side. A new coordinator will be able to show you whether it's Kenny Pickett unable to execute completely or whether it was just bad scheming, putting them in bad situations. So they need a change of pace the offense was too predictable. I think this does help the Steelers moving forward. I really do. Yeah, I'm uh, just not picking um, the Bengals with the the new quarterback in in the helm and stuff like that. It's just going to be too tough uh, of a game for them. If Joe Burrow is still there, they bounce back. Sure, it's it's in Cincy, but I'm taking Steelers on the road. Steelers keep going and uh, hang around in this division for what would be their uh, um. Seventh win of the season, dear God. Um, all right, Dan, we picked uh, after a week where we didn't pick anything different. We got five games different now this week. So we're coming back now to yeah. uh, things going to be flipping around here for Thanksgiving. So, guys, uh, the picks are dead even, of course. There were 94 last week, but we had a good week. We are at 103 correct, broken over the 100 now for week uh, 12. So we're in just the right spot we need to be. I, I mean... We want to be not picking the same games moving forward. You know, that's that's the goal. You know, we, we want to give different opinions to the people listening. <laughs> well, I know. When, uh, when the games are that tight and we are seeing different winners straight up, that's what's fun. And, and so, yeah, we get five games this week and a lot of neat ones there. Yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, it makes them a little more interesting, too. It make watching that Patriots or Giants one uh, have a little a little weight to it. <laughs> but you guys, you're, you also are clinching your fantasy spots uh, in the playoffs and stuff recently too. So I'm sure everybody's got a lot of stuff on, on the line here for Thanksgiving. But what's great is, I think I already texted you, we get to watch four games before Sunday even gets there. I certainly will be. Yeah. I can tell you that much. All right. Uh, let's wrap up the show here for the night, Dan. I've got a quick uh, quiz uh, if you're ready because I don't have many uh, crazy stats. I'll do this. Uh, In a big turnover week, a filled week, I've got uh, the question of top 10 most turnovers since 2018. Uh, You know, spoiler, these are all quarterbacks, as they would be probably. And the other spoiler is um, this is since 2018, so it's not all current playing quarterbacks. Most most turnovers since 2018. Yeah, who do you think's on this um, list in the top ten? Uh, it's quarterbacks that fumble a lot, um, and obviously interceptions and stuff. Yeah, is it 
is it Mac? Is it Mac Jones? Is he up there? Nope. <laughs> He's not in the Damn. top ten. Damn. Uh, Daniel Jones. No. I, you know what? You're going to get to like guys maybe that are playing more since 2018 than those two. Because Mac Jones was what Trump drafted then. in 2020, wasn't he? Yeah, he's just been shitty for so long Yeah, <laughs> in my mind. Um, and these aren't all see. awful quarterbacks. They're just guys that throw a lot of turn, a lot of interceptions, turn over the ball. I got to go I gotta go. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is not on this list either. Wow. You got to help me out here, man. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm not thinking of good quarterbacks. Okay. Um, number one is a guy that just, you know, when he starts turning the ball over, he turns it over a lot. He has 94 turnovers in 87 games played since 2018. He's the top of the list. Oh, it's Stafford. It's got to be Stafford. Stafford is on this list, but he's eighth. He played 64 games, you know, because Stafford's been injured. He's played 64 games, but he's turned the ball over 71 times. Oh, Josh Allen? Josh Allen's number one. 94 turnovers in 87 games. That's never go full (coughs) R-word. That's a a bad... (laughs) You know, there's guys that they yeah, talk about stat. with turnovers and things. Intent. That's a tough stat. Um, I got. Let's see. Twenty eighteen. Who's careless with the football? Who is a careless whisperer? Yeah. Uh, let's see. I gotta think. It's not Dak. Couldn't be Dak. Dak is on this list. He's seventh. So Dak oh, has uh, 72 turnovers in 74 games played. I mean, come on. Last year, Dak was, led the league in That's true. interceptions. That was, that was a differentiator. Is, but prior to, about, he would have... What I'm surprised is been great. they talked about Dak as being a guy who is has this problem, and he's only seventh on this list. So I think, you know, there's six guys, five of them who are still playing ahead of him. Why we don't talk about Josh Allen with those stats, I'm a little surprised. Since 2018, only because he played so much. Is it Aaron Rodgers? Is he on the top ten? No, Aaron Rodgers doesn't turn the ball over enough. Um, That's maybe more impressive than anything. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We got uh, a late. Give me Jared Goff. Jared man. Goff Jared is Goff. number He's two. Jared Goff is number ah, two on it. the list. 85 turnovers He's, in the same amount. He's turned it around over the last couple of years. Yeah. Talk about the difference, though. He played the same amount of games as Josh Allen and has nine less turnovers wow that's crazy one under jared goff in third place with 90 games played as a man who just found himself a new uh starting uh spot from his old team moved from west to down south talking about Derek carr oh Derek carr yes of course Derek carr's three on this list uh, Baker Mayfield comes in at four. Baker turns yeah, it over. Yeah, that makes sense. My boy Kirk Cousins is five on this list. 79 turnovers in 88 games played. A lot of fumbles for I Kirk. I think so, too. And then the first guy who's not playing anymore, Matt Ryan, 79 turnovers in 76 games played. That's not good. Yeah, certainly didn't help him that year in Indianapolis. Yeah. Ninth place is Carson Wentz, 68 turnovers, 64 games played. And then finally in 10th is actually Patrick Mahomes. Okay, that makes sense. A ton of, you know, throws that ball a ton. Yeah, I it's get guys it. that are flinging around. And then finally, um, we got to wrap up the show. You guys, thanks so much for listening. And we're hoping you're having a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, 
I assume that this is playing while the whole family's sitting around the table enjoying the, the turkey and the stuff. It's, um, crazy stats. 19 rookie QBs have starting a, started a game already this season. That is an NFL record. Wow. Yeah, rookie QBs. Uh, and then finally, uh, the Chicago Bears are the first – oh, yeah, this stat. First to lose a game with three or more turnover ratio – Plus, excuse me, they, they, they were positive in the turnover ratio and 40-minute-plus time of possession and still lose. Good God. So the, the way they found to lose that game in Detroit, that, that really hurt. That was, that was a tough one. That's the crazy stats I wrote down. That's our show for this week. Thanks again, everybody. But before we leave, before you guys enjoy uh, the pie and stuff that comes for dessert, Dan, parting words of wisdom. Remember, you're about to get together with a lot of family, right? People are going to have very aggressive, different issues. What you should bring up immediately is flat earth. Where's your proof, right? Where's your proof that the earth is round? You really want to start some shit early on <laughs> in the dinner uh, so that by the time it's done, uh, you've completely escaped. You just you pulled into the back. You want to light that fire? You want to... You want to drop that fucking thing in the gasoline and you want to back away. Uh, that's the easiest way for you to enjoy Thanksgiving dinner with the family is make sure you start some shit. Don't get hit. <laughs> yeah, those are fun ones. Uh, so we hope you guys are all enjoying your uh, your Thanksgiving holiday and we'll see you after it. I'm Scott. And this is Dan. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Goodbye. Goodbye.